Welcome to the Wad Pod. Join me as I sit down with CrossFitters, fitness experts, top coaches, professional athletes, and other well-known gym goers to listen to their journey through fitness. In episode 12, I spoke with Georgina Harris about her 18-year gymnastics career, taking her from county level at age 7 through to the top NCAA level in America at age 22. She opens up about her tough selection process, the reality of top-level training on young gymnasts, and her future career plans after leaving the sport of gymnastics. Okay, first of all, podcast is sponsored by Built for Athletes and No Rep UK Clothing. I'm wearing the brand new No Rep Lifting Co. t-shirt, so big up those guys. Hello, Georgina. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for giving you up your Saturday afternoon. Great to be here. Um, for those watching on YouTube, we're currently in the garage gym. Um, this garage gym, whoever buys this house next, will have had an Olympic bobsleigh athlete, a pro rugby player, and now an NCAA gymnast grace the presence of this garage. So lucky buyers. That's going to be part of the sale when, I, when we sell the house. Um, let's go back to the very beginning. Life before gymnastics, what can you remember? I'm guessing you started gymnastics at a young age. Yeah, so I guess life before gymnastics, I mean, I can't really remember much of it. Um, I think, yeah, because I started when I was four years old. So I guess you don't remember much before that. And it always kind of seems to have been part of my life, a big part of my life. So yeah, I don't <laughs> don't recall much without gymnastics. How did you discover gymnastics or get into it? Yeah, so uh, I mean, initially it was my sister. So I've got an older sister who you know, likes to throw herself around a bit, a bit crazy. So my mum was kind of, how do I put this in a controlled environment? So I just didn't think anything of it. Started my sister at recreational. She then, um, I guess, ended up progressing up and going competition route. Um, so at that point, I was still quite young. So my mum was like, not yet. We're not going to put Georgina in yet. But I just remember um, kind of sitting on the balcony watching my sister train and I'd just copy everything she'd do and just kind of do it like that you could see coaches looking at me up at me and being like when's she starting when's she starting but my mum was like no not until she's four not until she started school um so yeah how soon into doing gymnastics did your coach like see any potential to take you from just recreational level to a higher level at that age yeah I think pretty much straight away and I know it's crazy to kind of think but with gymnastics you can you can pick out talent um straight away from such a young age so I think when I was yeah four when I started by the time I was five six I was already in that competition group um with a lot older gymnasts a lot older girls um but yeah I think they just saw that talent and and yeah I thought that was the best thing for me how did so I mean obviously at six you kind of a primary school are you there yeah I don't know not even there how did that affect school life throughout your uh, you know early first stage at school like what was it like yeah so I think throughout early stages I think it was pretty normal training was just kind of after school a couple of hours still pretty basic until probably about like seven years old and then you know it was every evening most evenings you're taking it a little bit more seriously at that point and then I think as yeah we progressed I was probably 
eight, nine, yeah, nine years old, still in primary school and starting to actually come out of school to get that extra, extra training. And so earlier stages, not too much. It just kind of felt normal after school hobby, but until probably about, yeah, seven, when you did your first competition, um, and yeah, and you realize you've maybe got a bit of a, bit of a talent, they then pick ramp you up, up the training. ramp up the training and yeah. So who was more concerned about taking you out of school, your mum or your dad? I think neither of them were really that concerned. I think it was just something your coaches would say that you need. And it's like, okay, well, you see your girl, your, your little child with a with a talent, if that's what's going to take them to that next level, then you, you kind of do it. My parents were never, obviously education is huge and, and stuff, but academically wise, like they're not, they're not that pushy. They're not that yep. um, strict on that side of it. I think if you do amazing in school, amazing, but it's never something that came kind of naturally to myself. So I think, why not? Why not take up a sport when you've got that much talent? What was the first gymnastics club you went to? Yeah, so I started at Diamonds Gymnastics Club. So just kind of a basic a local club. Um, but I do always kind of um, give them like my career credit credit to them because they yeah they built my foundations and they were such a, it was a good environment to start um, at that young age. Yeah, a lot of the Diamonds Gymnastics Club follow the podcast, so we're going to have to give them a quick shout out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sure they don't. Um, they might after this. Maybe. <laughs> after after Diamonds then, where did you go to? What was the next step in your career at that early age? Yeah, so I think from Diamonds, I probably got to a stage at Diamonds, a lo local club where you're starting to compete kind of nationally for Yorkshire um, and kind of got to the stage where there wasn't really anyone else in Yorkshire in that club that was um, competing at that level. Um, so it was kind of hard to to see where to go and they even like said it themselves, like the next step. So when I was probably um, 12, yeah, 12, 13, I moved to, made the move to go to Liverpool. And describe a week of training at Liverpool <laughs> as a 13 year old. Yeah. So this is, I guess, probably where it got a little bit more intense, a little bit more serious, um, missing a lot more school. So I look back now and I'm like, how on earth did I ever, ever train that much? Um, on top of school, it was crazy. So we used to train 30 hours a week. Um, so I wake up, go to school, um, do the first two classes. Maybe some days it was at the first break. Um, I'd then go to practice, have a lunch practice, dinner break, evening practice. Um, or some days it kind of had to leave at lunchtime, just after lunchtime to get there for a longer evening practice. But yeah, so I missed, I did miss a lot of school in them years. So you said you went to Liverpool Gymnastics Club. Was that the best in the country? Why Liverpool? Yeah, I mean, definitely at that time. So it was the lead up to the 2012 Olympics. Um, so at that time, they definitely had a reputation of producing gymnasts. Um, four out of the five, I think, gymnasts on the Olympic team were from Liverpool. Um, they had some of the big names that were training there. They were British champions. Um, so I guess they would they would attract girls from all over the country to commute to train at Liverpool. Everyone in my group, we definitely travelled, I mean, over an hour just to get to training um, every day. So they had that that known for producing gymnasts at okay. that level, yeah. What was training like? <laughs> Brutal. 
describe describe why it was so brutal or like give me an example because I've got no idea what you mean by that yeah so I think I think any any sport at that level is going to be brutal it's hard you've got to push yourself to your limits um to be the top of your sport but I think because we are so young um what I was 13 years old at that point where you're pushing your body and your your mind to the to the to the max um but they don't kind of take into account the gymnasts themselves I don't think I never look back at my my career and think negatively on it but at that point it was kind of probably a hard a hard time in my career I think physically and and mentally I think we used to push the make you push through injuries train we would be weighed every week I think and at 13 years old it's kind of not necessary there's definitely a better environment um that still produces just as successful gymnasts. Was there a big turning point in your career? And if so, what was it? What happened? Yeah, I think probably there was maybe two main turning points in my career. I think after after Liverpool, so the age of 14, I kind of left Liverpool, decided to... Well, at that point, I did actually want to end my career. I was... I was kind of finished with gymnastics um but I guess then it was my my parents that were like they knew deep down that I still I still had a lot more in me and it they didn't want it to be my decision because of external factors and a bad experience a bad environment of training that that would made me kind of give up so we actually ended up moving so I moved to Manchester gymnastics club city of Manchester and they were kind of give it six weeks we think you'll love it here we really want you to be part of our team um in six weeks if you still don't like it fair enough yeah you've given it another shot and I guess at that point I completely fell back in love with gymnastics I love the sport again um but I guess then another turning point while I was at Manchester was tearing my ACL I think that completely changed my mindset um on everything yeah gymnastics how did you feel like weeks after tearing your ACL like was it really rough were you struggling not being able to compete yeah I mean it was horrible because at that age as well so I was 15 16 years old when I I I mean I did tear my ACL and I was kind of at the peak peak of my sport peak of my performance being a successful on the England team ranking top three getting selected for all the internationals and um, so really kind of it was a it was a big knockback because I was still like pushing to be top in Britain um well Top, ranking top 10 in Britain, hoping to be on the GB team. Um, so then making all this progression and actually like performing the most best I've ever performed um, to then all of a sudden kind of what's what's now? This yeah. is it. Like it's kind of a career ending injury, but I wasn't going to let it stop you. my career. Yeah. Talk to me about the move to US. Yeah. How did this happen? Yeah. I feel like... <sighs> there aren't many other sports where you can cross over to move to a different country <laughs> at that age. No. <laughs> so what age were you when you moved to America and how did you, or why did you decide yeah. to do it? Yeah, so obviously, so I was 18 um, when I moved, but it all kind of came about because of this big injury. So tearing my ACL, um, it was no longer GB team. It was no longer trying for the Olympics. All you've got to aim for over here, and that's every young gymnast in the UK, that's all they strive to do. Be in the Worlds, be at the Olympics, on that GB team. Um, so 
all of a sudden that's taken away from you and it's like actually what else is there out there what else can I do with my career I'm not finishing just by tearing my ACL I want something more something to end my career on if you didn't tear your ACL do you reckon you'd made it to team GB I mean that's always hard to say (laughs) it's always hard to say but at the point I was ranking in like top 10 um I know I was kind of being watched by some of the GB coaches and things but I don't know. I wouldn't have made it to the Olympic team. I wouldn't have made it to the Worlds or anything like that. But I would have been training there and thereabouts. How many gymnasts are in the Team GB squad? So at the time when I came ninth in Great Britain at the British, um, that year they actually changed it because um, all the previous years they'd done top 10 automatically, get put into the GB team. That year they changed it to the top six. it's like the new yeah <laughs> literally as soon as i get i get there it's like actually no we're changing this um so it's top six but there's not many it's always the same yeah six girls that are kind of getting selected right so you've got to be even less now like four i think go to the olympics so it's really like the top of the top so those those gymnasts that are still training at that level um as hard as them them top four girls they're what are they gonna what are they what can they have to achieve there's nothing yeah. really there but they're just as good um so it's that hard it's that fine line of but yeah to answer your question i don't think kind of really ever made it, it quite like you're to the top there. six but like i was yeah, yeah. It's up there and how did you like discover ncaa's or hear about yeah. it yeah so yeah so it was kind of just it was actually my parents so my dad was speaking to a fellow um England gymnast so on the England team with me um and she her parents were just chatting to my parents and they're like oh we've been looking into NCAA gymnastics for Polina shout out Polina um Polly um and we think it'd be an amazing opportunity for her so my parents are like wait that sounds amazing like yeah why don't we have a look into this so it was actually my dad um who was a big supporter of this really wanted me to go my mum was a little bit more reserved like oh no I don't think moving to America the other side of the world's the best thing she wanted me to still be at home (laughs) as you can imagine but my dad was like wow amazing opportunity let's do it so yeah he actually did a lot of kind of the videos so you just have to kind of put videos on YouTube out there email some some clubs and they'll get back in contact with you if they're interested so yeah it was kind of just that one discussion that completely what's the process for applying then so you mentioned you so you, you go to train at a university is it university yeah okay so so over there yeah you go to university yeah and how do you choose which one you go for like, yeah without knowing yeah it must be like yeah because you minefield. obviously don't know yeah. any so i guess being a gb gymnast it's it's a little bit harder um you just have to kind of it's kind of yeah just the um email as many clubs as possible, kind of reach out, um, send over videos. They then obviously narrow it down in their recruitment process um, who they're kind of interested in. And then when you hear back, you have phone calls with them and all that stuff. And you kind of get to know just by research and looking into the teams, what they've done in the past and stuff, like ones that'll sit right with you and like have that right feel about it. So there was kind of two that it narrowed it down to, but a lot of them did want me to actually defer a year. So push on another year come back fully from my my knee injury and stuff but I was like another five years of gymnastic like that's a lot yeah. I'm already pushing my body to kind of as much as it can do so I was like I need to go like this next year and just do four more years um which were the two that you narrowed it down to yeah so it was one in Chicago and then Lindenwood where I where I ended up in Missouri so yeah random state but amazing 
how strict was the training in America compared to Liverpool? Yeah, completely different. I honestly think it's just a different sport in general. So going from elite to NCAA gymnastics, um, we were what training... Does, sorry, what does NCAA stand for, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> do you not know? <laughs> no, I actually do. I should know this. National College Athletic Association. Right, okay, cool. I could I be really wrong. Well, Maybe cut that out <laughs> if it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> Okay, um, sorry, interrupt. I should just never really thought about that. You just call it NCAA, don't you? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but that sounds right, anyway. I watched the documentary Athlete A. It's yeah. probably got nothing to do with it, but this it's probably stirred a lot of, uh, I guess, it's the stigma behind yeah. American gymnastics, right. USA gymnastics. I think it was 2016 to 2020 was like, where the documentary was recorded, those timeframes. Yeah. Was that the same time you were there in America? So yeah, so I went in 2016, graduated in 2020. Um, so kind of throughout that whole time, but the the crossover between, I guess, college gymnastics, so NCAA and elite, they are two completely different things. So um, when you go to yeah university, college, you're capped at training 20 hours a week. So it's fair across every single university. They're training the same amount. It's just, I don't know, it's just a home, completely different atmosphere, environment. You're training with a group now of 20 girls, maybe a little bit less, but my team, we had 20 of us. And, you know, you're all in it together. You're all wanting the exact same thing. Your, your trainers has each other school um and it's just completely different you're you're up there by yourself still individual but you're doing it for just a bigger thing now not just yourself you're doing it for the whole team and just the atmosphere that the cheering the excitement that comes with it it's just a celebration of your gymnastics at that point yeah you're just enjoying that final sure. four years so in the uk when you go to university for four years you basically just go out every single night of the week <laughs> party not that I did, but um, yeah. <laughs> I didn't get to university, that's why. Um, but it must have been hard to go and have a university experience and be so strict with gymnastics. Yeah, yeah, Were definitely. the coaches really strict or did they give yeah. you some lenience on being at a university? Could you get away with going out? Yeah, I mean, I guess at this at this stage, it is a different again, you're in a different mindset because you are 18 years old. You kind of have a voice now um, and they, the coaches respect you, um, respect your decisions. You know your body as well, I guess, and you know what how much you can push yourself. Um, but I think kind of going on the, yeah, we, we did have rules on the gymnastics team. Going out was a bit, uh, you shouldn't really be doing it, but they, I guess in the back of the head, they don't want to know that you're doing it, but they know you're at university, you're at that age, you're also living a university student life. Um, they just don't want us posting about it being um, vocal because we have little girls looking up to us. They don't want to see us holding drinks or anything yeah. like that, but they know what goes on. But we are there for a reason and we are there to be successful with gymnastics. And um, we've got a scholarship for a reason, like, um, I guess. I guess. You, okay, have you got any good stories about going out? <laughs> Probably some that I shouldn't shouldn't share, but yeah, there's definitely a couple um that I I can I don't know look back on, and it's just really comical because you get that bond and you get it's just a different like team environment. But we've definitely had some times where I guess <laughs> sorry coaches because you're finding out now, <laughs> but and sorry teammates, it's all coming out. Um, it was funny actually. Our final year, um, 
we used to, we had this, ended up having this tradition because our final year was cut kind of short because of COVID. So we only had a few competitions, but one of the competitions we, we were kind of, so me and my two best friends were, were known as like the treble trio. Um, we like to have a good time. We like to kind of go out, have fun, have parties. So we did host some house parties. Um, one time before kind of competition, we we done all like jello shots, as you can imagine in America. So this is like jelly. frat party prep. Yeah, frat okay. party prep. Got it. Um, so we had these jello shots ready and we were like, shall we take one before we compete? So we all took one. We were only in Mizzou. So we were competing in Mizzou. So it's kind of a local a local club within an hour local university um so we took this this shot and we actually had the best competition of our of our lives like we we performed so well so then it became a tradition that if you every, don't have uh, a shot of vodka every, before you yeah, compete you'll do rubbish every competition we now have to have this shot of, well it was a jello shot so there's not much no. alcohol in it at all um but it was just funny um and then yeah there's probably been a few where actually I could probably speak about this forever, so tell me when to stop. Um, but there was another time when we actually did get caught. So security on campus is a big thing because the drinking age is 21 over there. So underage drinking, it, it happens. It's a big thing. You're at university. Frat parties, house parties are huge. And the gymnastics team, I think this was like my second year, um, we we held a house party. And... It, fortunately enough, it wasn't at my house. Um, so it was at one of my teammates' house and we held this house party and security ended up coming, busting us, stopping the party, like everyone get out, blah, 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 apart from those whose house it was. So us all on the gymnastics team were like, what do we do? I ended up hiding in this like wardrobe. I was going to say closet then, you'd all. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely <laughs> wardrobe. America, definitely wardrobe. Definitely wardrobe. Um, Hiding in a wardrobe, so not getting caught by security. So I got away with it, we thought. Um, and then obviously the next day, all the gymnasts, the house it was, had to go and see kind of the, I don't know, officer, yeah, and stuff like that on campus. So that was at the time when practice was supposed to be. So we had to come clean to our coaches that, oh, we have to go and, you know, see this officer. Um, we've been caught having a party, so that was not okay. We, we turn up to practice, um, everyone's like, whoever was at that party, like, hand yourself in, like, step forward, so we're there, like, me and my, I think there was three of us that hid, didn't get caught, so we all step forwards, and they're like, why were you not, why were you not caught? And we're like, well, we hid. <laughs> at least, you, yeah, I mean, I feel like at the time, it probably felt like a huge deal because yeah, yeah. how strict it was in gymnastics. Yeah. I feel like for a university story, Oh, it's, it's low-key, isn't tame. it? It's yeah. low-key, but it kind of makes the experience like more fun. And I don't know, because you're not supposed to be doing it, but you still do it. It adds to the excitement yeah, of doing it. Yeah, it definitely does, where it's probably everyone's like, what on earth is this? But yeah, so then we ended up actually getting like, not punished, but but I guess punished. So every week, the whole team. So even if it was just one person that got caught at this party, the whole team okay. has, to, has to do like the punishment. That's quite so, dangerous because you could really, really oh, annoy yeah. some people. Oh, yeah, definitely. If you were weekly offenders, <laughs> God, you'd be, you'd yeah, be fuming. Really. <laughs> um, but fortunately enough, my whole team, we got on so well. We had each other's back. We were like, you know what? We're in this together. It's fine. We get that you want to party. We get that some maybe don't, um, but we're in it together. So actually for that whole next week, um, we were up at like 6 a.m. on the football field doing like, you know, like dish arch yeah. rolls the whole way across the field, like bear crawls. And a football field is big. And then like 
stadium runs we were then one of the one of the days we were on the sandball volley courts literally doing like this army workout at 6 a.m it's dark was this the punishment for getting caught and <laughs> yeah. having a party yeah was it worth it yeah <laughs> there you go absolutely <laughs> How did you find life when you came back from America to the UK? Yeah, so I guess I, yeah, so I graduated 2020. So my final year did get cut short a little bit um, because of COVID. So all of a sudden we were competing. Then the next minute, like all competitions are done. Like, great, fine, that's fine. We can have fun on campus, not thinking anything of it. Just competitions are finished. A week, well, no, probably five days later, they're like, you've got 10 days, you've got to get off campus. I'm like, I live in England. They're like, you've got to get home. You've got to find a way home. That was just a nightmare. But I made it back and thinking I'd be back for graduation in a couple of weeks, nothing as such. Um, and all of a sudden, it's it's done. That was it. Yeah, that was it. It's so finished. when you were home, describe how it felt knowing that that was gymnastics done. Yeah, I think in a way, kind of made it a little bit easier. To be honest, I look back and I'm like, I had to leave, so it was easy. But I think I was at the point in my career where I physically couldn't do any more gymnastics. I was done. I had, coming into my last competition, I had a boot on, would take it off to to do my last ever competition um, because I had a stress fracture in my shin, but I'd had multiple, multiple injuries. Um, But just trying to train, train through them. So I knew my career was finished and I knew this was my final year and I was ready to be finished at that point okay um so So it wasn't you weren't kind of sad about ending your gymnastics it was quite a a bit maybe some relief that yeah it was over but yeah I guess like because when you go to university you know your career's over after them four years luckily if you get to extend an extra year and do five years um but typically it's done after them four years so you know it's coming to an end and I was I guess yeah a little bit relieved like actually I'm finished but leaving the university and leaving America that was that was harder than yeah yeah so it was about 16 years in total that you were doing 18 years 18 years what did you enjoy the most about gymnastics in those 18 years yeah 100% like I always will now look back on the experiences that I've got in I think yeah, it has to be America. That has okay. to top it. Getting that opportunity to do in a degree while competing at NCAA level. Um, I, I mean, who gets that opportunity? Who gets a scholarship and to do that? And I think that the hi- that was the highlight of it. Yeah. Just having that team, that team side to gymnastics as well and just so much fun. That that was the peak of my, my career. Yeah. Obviously, there were some amazing moments getting to compete for your country, getting like the England Rose and, and stuff that, yeah that you get when you do that but yeah i'd okay. always look back and be like america <laughs> let's talk life after your gymnastics career i've heard you're doing commercial pt let's talk about that how did that come about yeah so <laughs> I mean, it's hard on so obviously tried a few different things and I think finishing gymnastics I automatically went into gymnastics coaching and then all of a sudden it's like gymnastics has been my whole life um I want something different I want to try something else see what else is out there um 
So I, I flipped and did a 180 and went into an office job um, in finance. And kind of throughout that, I, I realized that maybe the office world isn't for me sitting down nine to five. Great experience and I've learned a lot, but it's not what I should be doing. It's not what I'm good at. It's not where I thrive. Um, but actually when I came home, I, I did a degree. It was in health science. So basically sports science over here. So all in the sport world, I was an intern as a strength and conditioning coach for NCAA athletes, got to work with a lot of different sports teams. So actually, when I came home during lockdown, I was like, why not just do my PT qualifications while I'm finishing my degree? Um, so then kind of at the time in finance, it was like, actually, what am I good at? What do I really enjoy? What do I want to do? And I, I knew it was always going to be kind of in like the fitness world, the sport world. Um, I've got not a lot of knowledge in that but I wanted it to be kind of also social hours. Um, I guess if that makes sense, in my 20s, wanting to have a bit more of a life. Now I can because my whole life has been gymnastics. I've not really had that flexibility. It's been a lot of time in your free time doing gymnastics. Yeah. So whether it's training, yeah. even like your school week, you'd be spending yeah. your free time yeah. training. I've so never had like evenings, weekends yeah. to do whatever. So why would you want to go back to... Yeah working those yeah definitely but, but, okay yeah on, so sorry. then it was no you're good so then it was kind of my sister actually so um she's a surveyor so obviously works with like office buildings and things like that and she kind of was like well obviously you want to be in sport coaching PT in because that's what you're so good at and that's where your passion is so why don't you try it in office buildings, in office time, there's a there's a huge gap for, I guess, well-being in the workplace and that fitness, and it's becoming a huge, huge thing. So she was like, why don't you tie them both together? Um, and I was like, wow, perfect. <laughs> when did you start this then? Yeah, so it kind of launched just over a year ago. So we started it, developed the idea. It was obviously a long process to kind of get it because it is a new concept, getting people to understand it and buying into it and stuff like that. So for a good six months, it was just kind of all the behind the scenes work, developing a business as such, like yep. um, from from the ground up with nothing. So I think for the last six months is when it's really like kind of taken off and I've been going into, into the office buildings, providing fitness classes. Um, yeah, so it's still, still early stages, still a lot to go. Now but, that you've yeah. started it, where do you want to, to get to? Where's like the yeah. end point? Where's the goal? Yeah, there's a lot Well, a lot of goals and it's obviously one stage at a time, but definitely I'd love to for it to maybe be a franchise and have it in all the different cities. Um, but yeah, for me, it's kind of to start, obviously in Leeds is where I'm based, um, to start in there. We're kind of getting that, getting the clientele there, getting all the buildings there. And then expanding obviously to hopefully Manchester as of, well, next month and next year, that's a big goal to kind of take over Manchester and be in, build, be in some of the buildings over there. Um, and then just kind of go from there. So in all the different cities, but thinking big and thinking yeah. wanting to be kind to. of in, in the hall. No, it yeah. sounds good. It sounds like a, it's a huge niche, but it's yeah. something that, the, I mean, the demand's got to be yeah. there because how many people now work office-based jobs that don't do any exercise that should be doing? Yeah. And it's more, I suppose for me, the convenience or leaving an office on my lunch break yeah. I can't get to the gym because it's well it's half an hour away by the time I've got there trained 
got back to the office, it can be a two hour process, yeah. but if you're going into the building to go yeah. and do the PT, that's, it's a no brainer. Yeah. So no, it sounds good. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing where it goes. <laughs> um, I have a question from the last guest. Um, Jess asked, what's your greatest fear? Gosh. That's a hard question that as well. When question. she said it, I was thinking, I, <laughs> I, I don't envy this one. So, Yeah, what a hard question. I think, obviously, there could be multiple answers. And I think it's not just one greatest greatest fear. And I think it's probably probably a big one for most people. And obviously, like, the fear, fear of failure and the fear of not being, like, good enough again and being quite, quite successful at such a young age. I'm actually building up to that and and doing that again and having something that you're so passionate about and being successful again and having that feeling of achieving something um to that level to that level I think obviously it's quite a big (laughs) it's kind of a scary thought to have but yeah I imagine a lot of pro athletes have that a lot because they experience such a high such a large amount of success at an early age how do you get that feeling back again cool i've got some rapid fire questions because we like to kind of end the podcast on these (laughs) so what's your least favorite exercise in gymnastics oh the vault i guess that's yeah one apparatus isn't it but definitely yeah that was not your not not my favorite (laughs) yeah what's your most memorable song whilst training in america oh I probably have two for different reasons. I'm, so obviously before each kind of a competition, we always had this hype playlist, like get ourselves hyped up before competitions. And one of the our most successful years, um, that um, NC, oh, no, what was it called? UCLA was a huge song. So, you know, move to LA. <laughs> I'll sing it Sorry, now. I don't know it. Anyway, <laughs> it was a huge song over there, probably just in America. Um, so we used to always sing that to each other like, on repeat. On, on repeat it was always playing so yeah. that one like pings to my head straight away I guess but for personally for myself I probably have to say dance monkey because it was my last ever beam routine it was the song that was playing in the background right, so okay. it's quite like a it brings a lot of yeah, me- memories back a lot of nostalgic. memories yeah. yeah I was gonna say it's gonna relate this to gymnastics but now you're going into commercial PT mm-hmm. I'll say what's your favourite exercise on back day back day yeah um as in like if you're training yeah i don't know like an rdl or like yeah. a barbell rdl um or more like a lap pull down back back or more like legs back <laughs> on the note well on that note of barbell rdls carter the brand new barbell bottle company they are genius so we'll just um we do you want to pass one yeah you just hold it up to the camera Ta-da. so yeah they sent these for the podcast guests so you can take one away so next time you're loading your barbell you can use the water bottle to load your bar and slide plates on and off so yeah genius so a little that plug is, for carter you're welcome that'll fe- be very helpful because it is hard to get them weights off depends on where you're lifting not for me not and you have to slide 20s off um what are your favorite sweets I have a huge sweet tooth. Okay. Um, top three. Top two. Top, uh, top, top two. two. Top would definitely have to be the, the blue and pink 
fizzy cola bottles. I don't even know what they're called, but they're just yep. yeah, known exactly as them. Mean. Blue and pink cola bottles. Um, or then my go-to is probably Tamfastics or them Haribo strawberries. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like a kind of a fizzy, fizzy sweet. But. The Haribo strawberries. They're the giant strawbs. That's what they're called. Yeah. I'm actually going to do a pre-workout with that flavor. So coming soon. Heard it here first. It's gonna be early next year. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and last question: beach holiday or skiing holiday? Beach holiday. I've actually never been skiing. Um, probably understandable because of my knees. Well, three knee surgeries on it. But yeah, it's something that I do really want to do. But it, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, so that you might take skiing. over. Yeah, I think you've got to get to a skiing holiday. <laughs> This At this point in the podcast, we're near the end, but I'm going to do a quick Built for Athletes giveaway, which is going to be an Insta Reel. So, it's, bear with me. I don't know why it's still in the bag. I'm going to get this right because in the last, in the last time I tried to do this, to make sure the camera's focused, is it a good, good shot? Is the bag in? Yeah. Yeah. So, girls, or guys, mainly probably girls, this is the Hero 2.0 25-litre backpack in the blue and coral colours. The Wad Pod and Built for Athletes are doing a giveaway. This will be on Instagram. This is going to be an Instagram reel right now. To enter, like this post on Insta, follow both the Wad Pod and Built for Athletes, tag a friend in the comments, and we'll pick a winner, and you'll receive this bag. Ta-da! nailed it um back to the pod one thing that people won't know about you that's either weird or interesting this is my favorite question every guest gets asked it and the answers are so varied oh my goodness <laughs> where do you even st- oh gosh something that it's is weird something that people just don't know that's just bizarre if you can't think of it you can't think of it but give me a minute <laughs> we can revisit that one yeah let me have a think on that I don't know, something weird about me. I have hyperextended knees. There you go. That's a good one. We'll go with that. Um, Had four surgeries. I don't know. People yeah, probably four, know about that. Four surgeries at 25 is pretty good. Yeah. Um, okay, and where can people find you? Social media and business, your new PT business, yeah. social media. So personal is, well, Instagram, I guess, is the main Um social media page that I'd use so it's judging underscore Harris X and then yeah if you want to follow the business from early stages um as we kind of get onto the social media platform and yeah progress on that side of things it'll be just G-Force Fitness so GWE Force Fitness. I'm going to ask you your question for the next guest off off air because they'll probably be watching um but yeah that wraps up the episode thanks for joining me Thank it was really good. Thank you for having me. No worries. I hope you enjoyed that episode and a huge thank you for listening make sure you're following the pod on instagram at the dot wad dot pod our twitter at the underscore wad underscore pod the podcast is sponsored by wad powders that's at wad powders on instagram please show some support to the pod by either sharing this episode with a mate or buying some supplements from wadpowders.co.uk see you guys next week